The Jets, the Tongan family, the Tongan Mormon family, with fourteen kids. Fourteen kids. There were Mormons. What, five or six. Where are they the from? Band? Hawaii, Utah. They're originally from um, South Pacific, but they moved to. They're not uh, Moors. No, but not they moved. Maoris. No, but they moved to um, Minnesota. Minnesota is where they were from. I remember them because um, there was one of them that a lot of girls thought he was cute. He looked like he was in Menudo, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The curly he, like, hair, yeah. he was like the Tongan de Bar out de Barge. Slash AC Slater. <laughs> he looked like AC Slater too with Mario Lopez. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that song. I, I never knew what they were growing up. I just thought they were Hawaiian. Or, I think I thought they were. Um, when, did the, when did that song come out? 88 or 89? Then why did I think it was Selena? Uh, I don't know. I've always thought that song was Selena. I always thought that. <coughs> I never knew who Selena was. But that song of hers. Dreaming of you tonight. That one sounds like this song. Exactly like this song. And uh, actually, she was I offered. I like Simon right now from American Got Talent. So tell me. <laughs> What you've been doing your whole life was an amazing boy like that. <laughs> so uh, they offered the Jets, the songwriters of Selena's song. Hold on. Let's, let, let our listeners give a chance to, to look up the Jets so they could keep up to the podcast. Okay. What okay. do you think of a second to look it up? The okay. Jets. Go to Wikipedia now. They can or, hit pause. If pause. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> but I. But yeah, the songwriters wrote a song for the Jets called Dreaming of You after Make It Real was a hit. You lost me. I thought we were just talking. The Jets had Make It Real that I just played. But I said I always thought it was Selena. Right. And it wasn't. It wasn't. And we the, songwriters, the songwriters of make of Dreaming of You, different songwriters, but somehow it sounds exactly the same. But they offered Dreaming of You to the Jets after this Make it real was already a hit, and, and they said aloha they no. They said aloha no. <laughs> aloha no. They aloha said, no to that song. Aloha no. Aloha no. They said no. No. Okay. I was just to talking. that song, 
And then they offered it to Selena, who hadn't had a commercial hit yet. She, yeah. she had, you know, she was already big in the Tejano scene, but yes. not on pop music, not in pop music. Commercial, you know, uh, what do you call it? Mainstream music, the pop charts. So they offered her that song because they, the songwriters believed there's, this is a hit here. They offered it to Selena and she said, yeah, her brother didn't like it. AB didn't like it at first. Um, but yeah, so she recorded it and it was a huge hit. But that was offered to the Jets because it was their sound and it sounds exactly like them. It sounds exactly like that other one. Neither one of these artists wrote these songs, by the way. They're all they're mostly singers. They didn't they don't write their stuff. Selena didn't write her stuff, as far as I know. I don't think she did. But I didn't know who the hell Selena was. But I knew that song. Her brother wrote those songs. Well he didn't write that song. And he and uh, he didn't write um, the hits. I could fall in love with, uh, with you. He didn't write that one. That was another set of songwriters. Or Keith Thomas, I think, wrote that. It was a single songwriter. I never heard of Selena. I heard of Selena. You never heard of Selena here? I mean, I've heard of her, but I've heard of her when <clears throat> I used to like pick up People magazine at different places. Mm -hmm. You know, this is after she's a star, right? No, this is before I knew oh. anything about her. You'd see her on like <clears throat> Tejano. Like as a Tejano yes. singer, and I was doing stand-up comedy at the time, and I was working security guard, and I didn't have a binder like all the other comics. I had one of those clipboards, mm -hmm. those um, wooden clipboards, mm -hmm. and in the back, I had a bunch of sticker—not a sticker, but <clears throat> I would get bored at work, so I start cutting off pictures from the magazines and start <laughs> pasting them on the back of my clipboard <laughs> while I'm writing jokes. So then, along the way, I've had a lot of pictures there. I've had um. And, you know, what I'm trying to get to is that everyone I had there, mm -hmm. you know, girl. I've even had Selena. <laughs> I've had John. I've, everyone I've had on that clipboard mm -hmm. is dead. Oh, wow. Yes. Because I started off first. I had only the photo of John Candy, John Belushi, Gilda Ratner, and, and Dan Aykroyd. Young. They're in the back of a trunk. Dan Aykroyd's not dead. I know, but <laughs> his wine is. His soul is dead. His creative ability is dead. His vodka is dead. We're promoting <laughs> him. And then I put a picture of Selena dancing because um, she was on People Magazine at the time. And then a bunch of people. Then um, when she died, I was like, whoa. I, I honestly could say I knew who she was because I had her on, my, on the clipboard for many years. How many years? Two, maybe. He was on the death board. Dude, if I find that clipboard, I'm was Chris find Farley more. on it and Phil Hartman? No, <laughs> and that was after you weren't security. But a lot of comics were on the back too that are dead. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know who Selena was at all. But that I was before Facebook. We could collect stuff and put yeah. it on your profile. My profile was a clipboard, and I would just collect different photos and post tape them with that big ass tape. Nobody does it anymore. No. So do you know how come you never heard Selena? I don't know. Hip hop. Well, I li I listen to hip hop, but plus um, you were in a band. Not at that point. No. You were hating. No, at that point, no, no, no. At that point, I was in my room learning all these songs. Seriously, off the radio, taping stuff over and over and over, and trying to learn the lyrics and stuff. But I knew I didn't even try to learn the Selena song, but I knew it, and I thought it was the Jets the whole time. Just listen to it. The um, dreaming of you tonight. That one, 
I knew I know all the words to that, and I know all the words to "I Could Fall in Love with uh, You," but earlier, I don't know how that. I, early, how did I not know it was Selena? Earlier when you were playing it, I started singing. Um, you were playing the Jets, right, or Selena? I played both. Well, but you, I, on the on the podcast here, I only played the Jets. So oh far. yes, one of those songs I started. Li- I started uh, at one of the verses. I went into it, and you said, "Ha, there it is," mm-hmm. and it was the other song. Yeah, it was the other song. I automatically go to the other. I automatically, if I start singing the Jets song, I'll finish singing the Selena song. It just naturally happens. That's pretty close. It's very close. And then, uh, but yeah, Selena was not big in Ohio at all. I don't even know if anybody knew who she was. But then she got shot, and I was like, oh man, I don't know who, I don't know anything about Tejano. I don't know who this woman is. And I didn't put two and two together and realize, oh, she sang the, these two songs that you know, dummy. And but, she, then um, Howard Stern mentioned her. Yeah, and I never... Because the dad was taking her coffee on a, on a tour. Yeah. And I never... Um, I didn't even watch the the movie either. I've never seen the Jennifer Lopez movie. I only knew Jennifer Lopez from In Living Color. And then I, she blew up. I didn't know Jennifer Lopez from In Living Color. You know she was on there, though. She was a fly girl. She was a dancer. She was I'm like more the into the Asian dancer. woman. She was chubby on that. I'm uh, more into the little Asian one. Oh yeah, yeah. She was. She was. She's the longest. Friend. Her and the black girl with the little, um, the little bump on uh-huh, her head. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. I loved it. Living color. I love that show so much. You can't find that anywhere. Even clips. I couldn't find any any clips to show Isaac. I wanted to show him like Fire Marshal Bill and some other stuff, you know, and the Wanda. No guy on Facebook that could get him for you. Yeah, Frog. <laughs> now that you mention it, yeah, um, but yeah, I didn't know who she was, and it's weird how huge she is out here, you know. But but not even Tejano wise, like the people in L.A. who like her, the people who like her for her her kitsch value and. When I say kitsch value, I mean like, you know, pins and bumper stickers and all that. And, the, you know, T-shirts, it's just anything for Salinas and all that stuff. They don't like her for her Tejano music. More for pride. It's more for pride. More for the fact that she was a famous Mexican-American woman. Plus the movie really much the movie, told yeah. her story pretty well. Yeah. And it was sad, man. Like, you feel bad because, it, you know, she was about to make it and... She gets killed, and then like you start to, for like, Mexican Americans, that's how we do. We feel like that's always like we feel like that's real life for us. Like we always try, try, try. We never make it. Like that's some the main. I, I won't say for all Mexican Americans, but the ones that I grew up with, that was their make their biggest fear. Well, you want to latch on to a Mexican American person who's famous, and say, "Hey, that person represents me." Yeah. And my the story. The struggle of life. And then, boom, they're shot down. Except George Lopez. Yeah, but um, people think that, um, like a lot of Latinos think, man, well, if I make it, someone's going to shoot me. Or like Tupac. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Tupac. Yeah. yeah. Or Torres B.I.G. Yeah. She, she should be up in these stories, too. Yeah. But, except that we know who shot her. Yeah, that's true. We don't know who shot Biggie. Well, some people know. Some of the LAPD guys who are. That's funny, you don't know about Selena, but you know who shot Biggie. Yeah, I know. I know. I want to watch that Nick Broomfield documentary again. 
Biggie and Tupac. That's a good one. A good one. The good one. And it just really, you just. That's funny, man. All I those slept big- with a lot of Selena looking chicks. <laughs> Not Selena looking. Your sister Selena, was a Selena looking chick. Selena killer. The Selena killer, more oh. likely. <laughs> no. No, you slept with a lot of women who look like Selena. Your sister looked like Selena, too, when she was young. She wishes. <laughs> sister was beautiful no, i mean saying, she still time, is sister, but i mean my sister said that when she said when you told her that eva longoria looks like her eva longoria no i'm the she girl she didn't look anything like cha-cha the um charo that's funny old school charo from modern family sofia vergara yes she looks like charo charo she looks like charo well wait sofia vergara didn't used to look like charo but she's done something to her face, facelift or eye lift or something, brow lift. Something has happened. And when I saw that, <laughs> so stupid. I saw the Smurfs movie in 3D, and boy, her face looks like Charo in that movie. Charo, like you know, the just Charo's had some work done. Obviously, she's had work for years, and she never denied it. Charo was the Spanish. Performer from the night. Guitarist. She's a good she's guitar a great player. Guitarist. With the fucking fingernails, too. Yeah, and um, she used to be on a love boat. She played with Xavier Cougat. Yeah. Javier, but they called him Xavier for some reason. But yeah, she was on she Love Boat. Fast. She played fast. She played Castilian Spanish guitar. And she had big boobs. She had big fake boobs. Blonde and she hair, wore right? big blonde hair like Jeannie almost. What was her catchphrase? Coochie, coochie, coo. <laughs> oh my gosh, speaking of coochie, coochie, coo, you know that movie about the about the food? What movie? But the food, you know. Food Inc.? Food Inc.? No, the one about when they're eating their food, the hot dogs. Huh? The movie about eat, eating out, about the, the, it's a horror movie about food, and the hot dogs don't know that they're, they're about, to, about to be eaten. Oh, is this is a new movie coming out? We saw the, we saw Sausage the Party. Sausage okay. Party. Okay, I didn't know that's what you're talking about. Salma Hayek plays Taco. Movie about food. Oh, she does? Taco Tina. Would you play a taco? How much would you give me though? <laughs> uh, taco Tina. So, um, and then Seth Rogen, he, he plays s- a hot dog. Kosher hot dog? I don't know if it's kosher. <laughs> if it's kosher, then okay. I wonder, they, I wonder if they're going to go all the way like, is the black guy going to be the chicken? The fried chicken? Mm-hmm. Do they have chicken in the movie? No. That's weird. Because they went with taco or something. Yeah, taco and... Uh, is um, Ken Wong going to be a little rice bowl walking around? Oh, but it has to be animals though. Is somebody going to be a Vienna sausage? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. That'd be funny, huh? <laughs> hey, nobody, me. I am a Vienna sausage, and That's Felipe the does a horrible That's Arnold the Schwarzenegger. Worst, worst Arnold Schwarzenegger I ever heard. I sound like Martin Rizzo doing Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I know who you were doing right there. I was like, "What are you doing?" Get down. I gotta work. That's, that's go. better. Get down. I am a. Get to the chopper. I am Vienna sausage. <laughs> That'd be good. I, Don't I gotta eat uh, me. I gotta work on my Salma Hayek impression because I can do her when nobody else is around. I'll be a burrito though. You'd be a burrito. A proud burrito. Like mm-hmm. if I was in a movie, I wouldn't be a burrito. I wouldn't be a burrito because I love burritos. I know you love burritos, but 
When you get hit, though, when I'll an audition son, comes in. I'll be a San Marcos blanket. <laughs> Fuck it, man. They pick a movie, man, about clothing. I'll be a San Marcos blanket, and I'll be like, hey, who's cold? <laughs> who's cold? Hey, I'll keep you warm. Oh, would but when an audition a, comes in. Would when, you play coleslaw? I don't give a shit. Okay, I don't give a shit either. <laughs> um, if but, there's a million look, dollars, but, that's a house, man. Of course <laughs> I'll say, yeah. Just like David Cross, when somebody was hating on him, he goes, Dude, you were on fucking the the chipmunks. Yeah, 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 man. Chipmunks. But it paid yeah. for my it paid for my house on the beach. Yeah, yeah. But I am a performer. You are a performer, but and but when I am you not, get, I'm, I am not young enough to turn down stuff now. <laughs> when you get yeah. an audition coming through, and I read it to you, and I say, "Here's what it's for," and then look at the script, and then you see it, and you're just like. Man, why I gotta play a fucking taco? Why I gotta play a fucking burrito? And I know you hate to you hate to see that, but it is the reality of what people get offered. You know, you're the Chihuahua. You know, you're the. You know, it's it's it, you can't you, know, you stereotype. It, of course, if they're now uh, Cheech played Ramon the the, the in, in the cars, the lowrider with the pinstriping. Um, that was a cool little character. Um, I don't know. I mean, they want a specific How come voice. They really Silent want. Loathe in a hurry, though. <laughs> He's speedy. Hey, speedy! I don't know why he was. He was in a hurry. always in a hurry. Why was he so fast? I don't know. Speedy Gonzalez. I loved Speedy. We already talked about Pepito, huh? Like on our first one of our first. I don't podcasts. remember. A little. It was a little. It was one time cartoon. It was called Pepito, and it was a. A rooster and his son. And Pepito was the son. And he didn't want to be a boxer like his dad. His dad was like a cockfighter. Right? He was a cock who fought. He was a rooster. But Pepito was a chicken. And he didn't want to be a boxer. He wanted to play bongos. So they would... uh, And then there was a little song. Pepito, Pepito. And he'd be on the bongos like, but his dad wanted him to box, and he didn't want to do that. But it was just a one-time little cartoon, like in the middle of Woody Woodpecker, you know, and Chilly Willy, and what was the Andy Pandy, Andy yeah. Panda, Andy Panda, that that little series. And this one Pepito cartoon came on, and I, I gravitated toward it. Yeah, the Jets are Mormon, Mormon, Mormon Tongan. Strange. They were brought here on a Mormon ship. Well, they had to have been, I guess their family had to have been converted back in the day of Mormon missionaries, right? Yeah. Had to have been. Because in um, Utah, when I performed at Wise Guys, I was staying at the hotel and there was a lot of Tongans or Samoans. Really? A lot. Oh, Samoan. That's what I thought they were when I first saw them. I didn't know they were Tongans. I thought they were from Carson. No, not at all. And I thought they were related to the Buya tribe. <laughs> I ran into the Buya tribe today. Yeah. They're Samoan, though. Red. They're not Tongan. They're Samoan. You sure? I'm, yeah, sh- I'm going to look it up, but I'm pretty sure they're Samoan. Uh, yeah, you were wearing overhead red shoes, red shorts, red shirt. I was like, wait, what are you doing? You're blood. Speaking of missionaries and changing people. Yeah, they're Samoan, Buya tribe. I, I got it. Okay. This last couple of days, this last week, I guess, you've been gone. 
a lot the last two weeks. You've been home two days, I think, two and a half days in two weeks. And I've just been kind of like in this little bubble here at home working. And, you know, sometimes Isaac's here. Sometimes he wasn't here this weekend. Slippers here. And uh, I've I've been angry lately. And I know we talked about you last time on the podcast being angry about all this stuff. Yeah. You know, some just kind of this racist, uh, racist sentiment sort of boiling up and kind of you're feeling like you notice it more, you know, in day-to-day life, the airport a lot where you're mixing with other people who... Who knows what their perception is of you? Like some stupid lady. She like the lady she, in New she York thought, this weekend. She thought it was Middle Eastern. Regardless of what she thought, I don't know why she would tell you to shower more. Yeah. She really didn't smell of, or anything. I, know, I, I know, shower the, in the morning. I know. What the fuck is her problem? She really thought of the Arab. Because I, I know I shower that morning. A ridiculous thing to say to anybody. My mom was going slow, though. <laughs> well, she was initially bitching at your mom for going slow, right? Yeah. But she's an old lady. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yell at an old lady 69. for going slow? Come on. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, I get frustrated, but I'm not going to yell at an old person for going slow. That's what they do. So yelling at that lady. White privileged lady right here. White privileged lady. White privileged lady. In the airport. Racist lady right here. <laughs> and she was loving it because she is. She was loving it. But yeah, I've been I've been fighting with my back friends. Kick her. I know. But then I calmed down, you know. I felt better. I'm glad that it didn't... For, I didn't go further than that. But the airport is your trigger. But you then really I saw get her, angry. I saw her husband, and I was going to walk up to her. You're married to a racist ass bitch. <laughs> but he was old, and I want to knock him out. How old was the lady? I don't know, 66, Shh. 63. And she doesn't understand a 69-year-old no, woman? she's impatient. She has to get out. She got out just to wait for a long time. I know. There. That's the thing. You're all going to get out and end up in the same room. In a minute. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to all be waiting at the baggage claim anyway, yeah. which took an hour and a half. Fuck that. It took an hour and a half in New York, too? No, in oh, LA. Oh, in LA. I know. That screwed up my whole day today. So uh, you have been a bubble. Yeah, so I've, well, I li- I've just been in this. Bubble tea. No, I just haven't been able to like vent you know, to anybody. It's just stuck in my head because nobody's been here. I haven't talked to anybody. I talked to Marcella a little bit over the weekend, but... But I've just been working, you know, just nonstop and, and running errands and stuff and no real time to just decompress. But yeah, I've been, I've been angry and I, I can't go on social media anymore. I talked about this, but because I run some of your pages, I'm on social media, but it's really Facebook. It's not Instagram. A lot of old fools on it's Facebook. It's not Twitter. Huh? It's Facebook. It's old fools who have a lot of space to write stuff. That's the danger right there. Now, you could write a lot of stuff on Instagram. Nobody's going to read it, though. But on Facebook, there's just this constant back and forth, you know, and, and fighting. I don't know what it is about it. It encourages fighting. And um, the first fight I had was with an old friend from New York who I've known for 15 years. We became really good friends while I lived there. And then she moved to – she actually went back into the Army. She had been an Army captain for years, and then she got – into uh, the business world, making a lot of money. And then when the Afghanistan war started, she got called back. She was done, and she got called back. So she got her uniform out of storage and went. for the Gulf War? No, this was the Afghanistan. She was in the Gulf mm. War. But then she came back. She had to go back in to service. They called her back to duty. So she went back in, and... Uh, 
Yeah, she's a captain. She's a pretty high-level woman. And uh, she did a lot of... My point is, anyway, she, she went back and we lost touch because she was in the war for, I think, three years she served. And then when I, I was gone from New York by the time she came back. Anyway, we've kept up in touch on uh, Facebook, but then we had an argument the other day. Now, her, I'm not, I didn't unfriend her or anything. I just stopped, stopped responding. and I ended it. But we were arguing because I said I didn't want to vote for anybody in this election. Now, I'll vote for people down the ticket. I'm not voting for president or vice president. Because I can't, I don't like Trump, obviously. I'm not voting for him. I just don't like Hillary. And I don't care that she's going to be the first female president. She probably will be. And I don't care because I'm not going to vote for her just because she's a woman. I think that's ridiculous. But I'm also, people, she, Debbie said to Debbie, my friend said to me, I can't believe you're not voting for Hillary, that you'd, you wouldn't want to see the first female president. I was like, I don't give a shit what gender the president is. I really don't. I can't vote for Hillary because I don't agree with several things that she's done and I don't believe she's being honest in I don't believe any politicians being honest when they're running they're promising the world and they're not going to deliver half of that stuff and uh, and I just don't like that she's part of the establishment and I really what clinched it for me was when she brought on Debbie Wasserman, Wasserman Schultz onto her staff her campaign Debbie Wasserman Schultz was the head was of the house cleaner no no, she was the head of the Democratic National Committee. And there was controversy because she's been pushing for Hillary. First of all, she worked on Hillary's campaign in 2008. Okay. Is she part of the people that changed um, the um, voter IDs? No, that's different people in different regions oh. will change voter ID issues. But she... Uh, it's It's questionable some of the things they've done, but... Debbie Wasserman Schultz was, um, she was talking about, she basically made it clear several times when she was talking about superdelegates and she's pushing for Hillary this whole time and trying to squash Bernie's chances um, of having a fair primary by basically saying, we don't want a grassroots candidate to come out of nowhere and beat an establishment candidate. They want the establishment. And I'm sick of it. And I really, I really am tired of the, the DNC and I'm, I'm leaving the democratic party. I've been a Democrat for 26 years, 26 years. And I voted in every election and, um, not just presidential elections, but I'm really sad to see that that they've, they've done all this. I've, I'm sad to see them. I'm sad to see such collusion because she's after all that happened and she stepped down after the, the email leak, uh, of the DNC emails, Debbie had to step down. They stripped her of her duties. So she stepped down from the DNC and hours, like four hours later on a Sunday, Hillary's like, come join my campaign. Come join my campaign. I know you st you're um, keeping your mouth shut for a lot of men, and you're taking the fall, 
and I know you're a good person to take the fall. Maybe she's taking the fall for somebody. Well, that's what a lot of people are saying. She's taking the fall, but taking the fall for what? I know. These are her words and they and her actions, and there may or may not have been voter fraud or or election fraud um, in some of the votes, the counting. Uh, the DNC squashed the the recount request in Nevada, and uh, she was part of that. And she's just a slime ball, and nobody liked her. And then Hillary, here, I'll, I'll embrace you. This is my thank you, my payback to you. Anyway, so I comment, I can't vote for either one, so I'm not going to vote for anybody. She says, well, then that's a vote for Trump. And I said, well, Trump supporters would say that's a vote for Hillary. <laughs> right? That's yes. what they're saying. Yes. That's obvious. They say, if you're not voting for Trump, you're voting for Hillary. Well, if, And then the Democrats say, if you're not voting for Hillary, you're voting for Trump. Well, I'm not voting for anybody. How can, how can, how can Nobody not gets my voting vote. for anybody gets you the, the vote? But um, Because they think that's just strengthening the other side if I don't but, vote for my Democrat. But it, it just, don't vote the party it's line. It's going to be equal. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, so she's really adamant about I'm this. I'm going to write down these nuts. <laughs> That's what Again. some people are going to do. I would like to see the voting thing. Because I know people are going to vote for Trump. People are going to vote for Hillary. People like yourself, you know, you have your views. You're not going to vote for anybody. I, I might people write in for, Bernie, but it's a protest. People though. write in Bernie. Mm-hmm. I wonder if anybody ever wrote the Fonz. I think Ozzy gets a lot of votes every year. How about God? Every election. I don't know. Maybe. That would be cool if somebody puts down Felipe Esparza. Take... <laughs> Maybe I'll do that. I, it's just, uh, I feel like it's my patriotic duty. I shouldn't say that. It's my right as a U.S. citizen to be able to abstain from voting. If I don't agree, like, why do I have to toe the party line? I've for all my life. <laughs> it's, why do I have to toe the party line? Right? Yeah. Why do I have to? I should be able to vote for who I want to be, who I want to vote for, and who I agree with, with all my heart. And then people get mad, like, okay, when, when Nader ran uh, in the election between Bush and Gore in 2000, right? When he ran, everybody was mad at Democrats who were going to vote for Nader. And they said, you're splitting the vote. You're splitting the vote. And okay, some of the votes, it was a tight race. It was enough um, It was enough for it to end up going to Congress and the Senate. And the Supreme Court basically handed it to Bush, right? <clears throat> but it's not that Nader split the vote so much. I don't see a problem. You know, we were talking with Rodrigo, too. Lots of countries have multiple party systems. Why do we have to have two? Why? It's ridiculous. We have to outgrow that. And what's what it's going to take is some pain. We have to go through some pain and change. You know, change is hard. It's not fun all the time. And so maybe this is a big change that we all have to go through to end up in a multiple party system. You know, the Green Party is only in like yeah, 20, 20 states or something like yeah, that. Yeah, man. Why should, I, why should I only have two choices of cable? <laughs> right. That used to piss me off a lot of times, man. Like We man, only have one choice here hey, in man, America. I don't, want, I don't want Time Warner. Sometimes I want the disc. 
You know what I mean? Why the should disc, I get stuck? You mean dish? The dish, <laughs> the disc, whatever. And you know what? That's the reason I left cable. Yeah. Because I couldn't choose Time Warner or I couldn't choose the dish network or whatever that shit was or the other cable I couldn't get. So I just went with um, what I have now. I ain't going to promote them, but my special is one on Netflix. Right. Because like we had here in Glendale, they only have charter. Charter. In New York, when I moved to New York, Adelphia. We had Adelphia here, but yeah. we're not a business. Well, they had that scandal. So that, people should see that, that. Like, why should only have two choices? I know. Why should we only have two choices? And why should it always be the lesser of two evils? Why can't we really vote for the person we want to vote for? And so I'm voting for the Whig Party, <laughs> the original Republican. <laughs> so we have to go through this change in order to have a multiple party system. And Bernie really. I wish he had run as, run as an independent, but he wouldn't have gotten as far as he did if he had been running as an independent. He needed the he needed the Democratic Party platform, but all these people. I think the good part about this is a lot of these people are going to leave the Democratic Party as well. And I know several people who are hardcore Democrats, and they're leave, they're not voting this year; they're abstaining, and it's out of protest. And I think we need this in our system. And she, but my friend's point, hold on, my friend's point was she's worried about Trump. She's worried that he's another Hitler rising to, to power. And it, it could very well happen. And she started pointing out this book that some guy wrote, which I'm going to read because I love Hitler stuff and, and Third Reich and all that stuff. It's, it's crazy. It's amazing how it happened. And it, it wasn't, uh, it, it was just, a, it was like the perfect storm coming together, how it happened. And uh, so she she was talking about this book she read. First of all, talked about his rise to first power. First of all, Trump's defense. <laughs> Hitler was locked up for his ideas, right? And then he was released, of course. Fidel Castro was locked up for his ideas, and then he was released and became to power. Mm-hmm. So we got to lock up Trump first, <laughs> and then release his ass, and then we'll secure have and release the fire. <laughs> I think about if the people voted like American Idol for the president of the United <laughs> States, more votes will come in. They'll be like, oh, shit, call in right now for extension 455 <laughs> if you want Trump. Yeah. You know what's sad, though, man, when you go into the Internet and you find, like, someone running for president and it's like the Green Party, like, yeah. way on the bottom. I think I found a woman who's running. Bill Stein. Yeah, and I kind of believed her. She's got some good points. There's no way she can win. She's a little radical, but... But see, I, I want a radical candidate. But, more, no, she, but she'll never be on the main stage, to. right? She don't have no. the money. No. It shouldn't be the money, huh? The Green Party is only... It's not in all the states, though. That's so right. It's, she won't be on tickets in every state. Um, and that's a matter of... keeping the campaign money. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. She's probably using it for the campaign, but it, she's a lost cause, but... That's the sad part. Like, why shouldn't this be a viable party? Why shouldn't we all have access to this party? Why can't we all have these multiple choices? And why do we have to be admonished for (coughs) choosing somebody we believe in instead of, or not choosing anybody, instead of having to choose from two people? It just makes no sense to me. What was that book? Um, she said she emailed me after she black. No, she emailed me after she's Polish. She there said, um, 
Hi, Lisa. I hope you don't feel like I was attacking you online. Honestly, I am emotional. I only spoke one time with my grandfather who fought in World War II about what he experienced. He was a sergeant and a graves, re, a graves, re, a grave registration non-commissioned officer. He had the duty of burying body parts and trying to figure out who it was who died <coughs> for three years in Europe. It's always affected me, and I have been, as a result, a student of World War II and trying to figure out how it could have ever, ever have happened. About five years ago, I read a book that really affected me. It brought home how, uh, how the evil creeps up. It's not obvious right away. If you do read, please look into this book. The similarities. If you do read. I don't know what that means. You I, say, I don't think she was. I want to call it. I don't think she was arguing. Maybe, you have a, you don't have, maybe was she really mad because she's from Dayton, Ohio? No, she's from, New, she's from Vermont and New York, actually. Well, she voted for Bernie in, New York, in Vermont. He I want to say that um, if you find a time to read. Yeah, I think she means. Because you're a mother. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think she means. If you read, she knows. We're on the same level, let's put it that way, except she did go to. This is the woman whose parents stole her um, college fund, and she didn't find out until her senior year in high school that they used her college fund. Oh, sad. Yeah, so she had to go to the army. That's why she had to, no, she, that's why she had to go to the army. Because yeah, when you told me that story, I said, "Wow, man, very yeah. courageous." That's sad, but you know, I'm glad she yeah. come around. She's a smart, smart I gotta woman. Get this, I gotta get that book now. It's, she said, "If you do read, please look into this book. The similarities to what Donald Trump re- represents is chilling. This is why I'm so passionate about ensuring, no matter what, that he never becomes president." Of course, when I read it, I never in a million years thought that the U.S. would be facing this kind of creeping evil scenario. It's called "In the Garden of Beasts" by Eric Larson. Eric Larson, you get a free shout out. She sent me a link and everything. How many crazy uh, books like that? What's the other book you're reading? In the Garden of Beasts, Love, Terror, and an American Family in Hitler's Berlin. And it's about, here, it's it's written almost like it's fiction, but it's not. But it's written in in an interesting way, like it's a fictional thing. In the Garden of Beasts is a vivid portrait of Berlin during the first years of Hitler's reign, brought to life through the stories of two people, William Dodd, who in 1933 became America's first ambassador to Hitler's regime, and his scandalously carefree daughter, Martha. Ambassador Dodd, an unassuming and scholarly man, is an odd fit among the extravagance of the Nazi elite. Um, His frugality annoys his fellow Americans in the State Department and Dodd's growing misgivings about Hitler's ambitions fall on deaf ears among his peers who are content to give Hitler everything he wants. Martha, his daughter, is mesmerized by the glamorous parties and the high-minded conversation of Berlin's salon society and flings herself headlong into numerous affairs with the city's elite, most notably the head of the Gestapo and a Soviet spy. So they both become involved in different parts of, of this but these are true stories. They're not made up, but it feels like like a scandalous book you're reading, fictional book. <clears throat> the other book I'm reading is called um, The Creature from Jekyll Island, which is about the creation of the Federal Reserve and how the Federal Reserve System was really a way to ensure... It's basically a cartel set up by the heads of industry back then in 1914... J.P. Morgan, Rockefeller, Rothschild, uh, Warburg, Paul Warburg. Warburg really set up the Federal Reserve. It's his baby. He wrote want, a book about it. You want to know more about these guys? There's a Warburg investment bank in New York City, There's a too. badass documentary on Netflix or um, Amazon or Hulu. You can find it. It's called 
The Men That Built America. Oh, that's a good series. Oh, my God. Man, you realize, man, you don't got a chance. (laughs) (laughs) You realize, man, it's tough, If you weren't there in the first years. Man, like Ford. Yeah. It took, Ford had to go. Like, man, he fought with the automobile designers to build his Ford forever. Yeah. And the the whole... Well, anyway, so that they, this, a lot of these guys from that documentary are in this book. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Uh, it was a secret meeting that happened on an island off of Georgia called Jekyll Island. And it was a secret meeting where they basically decided, this is how we're going to protect our interests and make more money and continue to make money throughout time. And they basically... That's in that book, right? Yeah. So the meeting was, uh, the meeting was set up to secure their their positions in the world. They're captains of industry. This is not just owners of businesses. This is people who ran the press, the banks, the oil industry, uh, train systems, that sort of stuff. So, so if you have any type of job, it led to these guys. Yeah. Shipping and receiving. Not just not just like what they damage? own one of the businesses. Yeah. They own the industry. Yeah, like they gas. They started the industry. Yeah. Yeah. So Warburg decided to do this. Okay, here's the, the, the impetus of it. Here's the start, starting point. Banks. You know how banks make their money? With our money. Right. What do they do with their money? They invest our money. Sometimes, but they loan it out. They loan it out, yeah. To other people. Yes. And then they charge interest on those loans. And they keep the interest. And they keep the interest. That's how they get rich. But... And I get charged for the fucking ATM card. <laughs> right. But... What the fuck, man? So they charge Look interest... Look with a credit union. Yeah, I know. See, that's how you stay away from the banking industry. I'm with a you credit a union, cra- people. If now, you want to listen more about my, my credit union, go to the episode. Well, lately, of- lately, a lot of people talk about... Um, Lately, a lot of people have been talking, black people have been talking about investing in black owned banks, which is great. Put your money in these black owned banks. That's great. But Russell put, Simmons of the bank? No. Put your money in a black owned credit union, not a bank. Because the banks ultimately go back to Rothschild. Who's Rothschild? That chocolate? No. I know. Rothschild is, like, <laughs> <laughs> Rothschild is, a, is um, a, a money guy, right? Yeah. And the thing is, so they loan out First your of money. All, there's no Illuminari, man. These are just a bunch of bankers. They're a bunch of people who have who who money. money. But it wasn't just that. They were investing in each other's industries. Oh. So there's this circle of money. And the banks, what happens is the banks loan out your money, right, to other people. But they loan out more than they've taken in. So we put in our money into a bank. Other people put their money into the bank. Let's say the bank has a million dollars sitting in there from customers who want to save money, right? They start loaning out this money that we put away to save. They start loaning it out at interest. They start loaning all the money out. And now they have no money. So if I wanted to pull my money out, oops, we don't have your money anymore. We loaned it all out. I think I saw that in that movie. I mean, it's a wonderful life. Yes. That's you just explained the-, the whole. You just explained <laughs> the whole movie for me right now, because I remember that movie where everybody's wow, clamoring wow, for their money. Wow, 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 we lost all the money. <laughs> what are we gonna do? Yeah, like I wish I was never alive. Well, this is that was before 
Wow, man, you just broke it down to me because I remember when I watched It's a Wonderful Life, all I know is that this guy doesn't want to die. But I didn't understand <laughs> why, he's why so people are down. standing in line to take their money out and he's begging them not to take your money. Like, Come on, man, just take, take what you can. Because yeah. this guy has $100 in there. He wants to take it all out. What can you really take out? <sighs> 20 Oh, thank you very much. So the bank, he's like the bank begging them, begging them now. Not to take the money out, which is what the banks do now, I guess. Yeah. In that book, they tell you that. Well, they were all like buddy buddy with him, yeah. but they're all his friends. Now there's a, well, because it's a small town and everything, small bank. But even the small loan, banks. They had a loan company, right? Not a real bank, it's a bank loan. I can't remember in the movie, I don't know. But even the small banks, no matter how small the bank, they, re, they basically are now governed by the Federal Reserve System. Federal Reserve System sets uh, interest rates. And all sorts of regulations are set by that. Man, bank. that building. I've seen two. Did you Federal see Reserve. the reserve? The I saw Federal, Federal Reserve, Reserve in New York. In, um, I live by it. I live by in there. In Cleveland. Oh, it holds up a whole block. Yeah. And I think I saw the one in Did New York. Did you see York. the one in New York? We're together by Trump, yeah, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. This was down by the World Trade Center. We After, saw it. Yeah, we we saw it when we were walking by where I used to live down by the World Trade Center. It's weird when you go to that place. I think that's where Lisa told me where the where this they is made where the, Washington where they made for the first. The first Wall Street deal. Yeah. Under a tree. Under a tree. Up, yeah. It's weird when you go over there, man. It's the, like. The big, yeah. It's all money. It's all like Melissa and I took a picture in front of George Washington. Yeah. Where is that picture? I have it in my phone. Oh, okay. It just looks so clean right there. And it's crazy. That's the there's stock a, exchange right there's there. There's a lot of police and, and also federal officers. And the train is closed there. Yeah. Well, that's because of 9-11. Well, it doesn't work. They shut it down since 9-11. Nobody could just go in their house to no. keep it safe. I told you when, when. well, we'll talk about this on September 11th on the anniversary. But yeah, I'll, I'll tell them. I want to, okay, good. We'll do an episode of the anniversary, but I was there during um, 9-11 and I lived six blocks from the World Trade Center. But um, but when it happened and um, there were people who ran from the world, from the stock exchange covered in building soot and ran into my building begging to use the phone. So those people, it was right around the corner from where I lived. But yeah, it was, um, it's just one of those places where they, they have barriers out in front. Yeah. They have mirrors to put under cars. They're and like, you know, they don't let anybody come close to, there's, there've always been metal detectors inside the stock exchange. Always. Since I can remember. They had a metal detector to, to get into um, the subway to go the opposite way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, it was a special subway just for some people. Where? By the stock exchange? Yeah, when we were oh. there, they, they had a metal detector. But, yeah, so um, anyway, so so this is one argument I had with my friend. That's one friend. That ended okay because I just didn't answer her question. That she's, she's a rational person. I know she's just emotional. But then the next one I had was about religion. Not even about religion. About the Constitution. Because... You know Raquel, Dan Cook's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. She's all religious now. And uh, she's married. Anyway, she posted a video of the oldest Duck Dynasty guy. Bill? Is that his name? The oldest Duck Dynasty man, the, the grandpa or whatever he is, father. Some video of him talking about how we need to return to simpler times and, and why America's in the state we're in. He lives in the woods, though. <laughs> I know. But and he's he, millionaire. He's, he's, he's in simpler times. Yeah. 
I don't understand why people want to live in simpler times and the, the world, the, the country's going down. But you, dude, the country's going down because you live in Cleveland. You know, I live in Los Angeles, California. I live, I actually live, I live, yeah. You know, I see up and down in this city. But I don't know. People well, are just I sad. don't really know what people mean when they say, one, when they say, let's make America great again. I don't know what they want to return to. Because I feel like we progress as a society most of the time. And I don't understand what he was talking about in this video because he was talking. He was, oh. It was almost like he was holding a press conference. But he, I think he was really, I think he was advertising that they're going to have a documentary coming out soon. Because <laughs> he did drop that information <clears throat> in his so what speech. If, what, his if speech father, was, what did Phil say? Phil said something about how we need to return to, uh, we've gotten away from God in our society, in this country. We've gotten away from God in our government. We've gotten away from God in our schools. First of all, I don't ever remember. Right. I don't ever remember praying in school. Do you? No, just a pledge of allegiance. Right. That's not a prayer. And that's not church and state. We never prayed in my class. We never prayed in school or class. So I don't know when. My mom made me. She prayed for me before I got out of school. (laughs) I don't know when he's talking about. I didn't see a bully. I don't know when he's talking about whatever time it was when people were praying in school, but these people, some of these people seem to think we've gotten away from prayer in school. We never had prayer in school that I can remember. And we're pretty old. Go to a Christian school. That's my point. You don't even have to pay the money. He'll give you a scholarship to go. And and they're all great schools, by the way. And by the way, they'll take you if you're not Christian. Yeah. And they'll take you if you're not Catholic. They'll take you to go to a Catholic school. My brother went to a Catholic school because he was too hyper. I know a a guy, I met someone, he's Italian, and his son goes to a Jewish school. Oh, yeah? That's surprising. Or his Jewish son. Yeah, I think so. Somehow he got in. Um, But yeah, so. Or I made that up. (laughs) It's impossible now. No more thinking about it. Well, it would be pretty tough. Well, see, Jewish, the Jewish religion, if, if you want to convert to Judaism, they don't just say how much they want. Sure, come on in. Sure, come on in. I saw they say a new black they deny, that I baked three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's actually accurate. They deny you three times because they want to make sure that you really, really want to do this, and that you're willing to study and put forth the effort to convert. It's not just easy like the way Jehovah's Witnesses come and knock at your door, begging you to come, you know, to their Bible study and all that stuff. Jews are insular, and it's passed down in, as a family thing. And if you want to join, they're not going to necessarily reject you just to reject you. They're going to reject you because they want to see. They're testing your will to see if you'll ask again and ask again. And you really have your heart in it. You know, it's not something to be taken lightly, basically, is the point. So anyway, so she posts this thing, this video of Phil talking about how we need to get God back in schools and back in blah, blah, blah. So I said, uh, no, thanks. So this is not what I want for my kid to have prayer in school and all this stuff. And she's since deleted the post, so I can't go back and find it. Anyway, so we're kind of going back and forth. And then the, some other guy chimes in and he agrees with what I'm saying. And I was saying, basically, my point was, what, what uh, religion are we going to have in school? Right? So let's say we allow prayer in school again. I don't remember it ever being there, but let's say we allow prayer in school. 
is it okay if some Muslim kids pray to Mecca several times a day during school? Is it okay? That's a lot of times, man. <laughs> Those who get up every six hours. Is it okay? I mean, I don't know, man, my cab driver had to stop the car go get, get in the middle of Manhattan. I mean, are you talking about organized prayer where the teacher would lead a class prayer or a prayer before an assembly or a pep rally or whatever? Who, what God are you praying to? And how do you know that your student body is made up of all Christians? Because I'm assuming they want Christian religion in the school and not. Do they want Islam in their school? No. Do they want Hinduism or Buddhism or Judaism? There's so many religions. Mormonism? You cannot, you can't impose. Seventh-day advantage? I grew up Seventh-day Adventist. Advantage. (laughs) I grew up Seventh-day advantage. (laughs) I, uh, the the point is you can't impose, you can't impose the easiest way is to stick to the Constitution and keep separation of church and state. Because you can't impose one religion. And what if somebody running the prayer, they think they're being non-denominational, but then they let it slip and they say something that Jews would be like, uh, I don't know about that. And then I told a story about my friend who's Jewish. Her daughter, they live in Oxnard. I went to high school with her. One of two Jewish kids in school, in the whole school. And um, she, uh, her daughter is the only Jewish kid in their school. <clears throat> she's uh, five. She's a kindergartner. Her teacher gave her at Christmas time or before the Christmas break, she gave everybody in class a bracelet that said, Jesus is watching you. Right? A little like friendship bracelet thing. Fire that lady. <laughs> and the little girl brought it home and was confused because she doesn't they don't talk about religion in school or anything religion is named jesus no their religion (laughs) that would have been creepy that would have been funny their religion they keep that at home and in their private lives it's not part of school so the daughter was very confused she wanted to keep the bracelet the mom was like look we don't believe in jesus we're jewish So this is an inappropriate gift from a teacher, for one. And she fretted over it like, I don't want to be the one making a stink about something. But the whole two week, two and a half week break, she was, it got to her like, this bothers me that she would just feel comfortable doing this for every kid without thinking somebody might be different than her. And so she finally talked to the principal. The principal was outraged. She was shocked that she did that. And she was like, you know, she brought the teacher in and said, this is inappropriate. And the woman was like, oh, I didn't know, you know, but. She was fat. Huh? I don't know. I didn't ask that. But it's, it's uh, the problem. So my point to my friend was that you can't impose a religion or prayer or something. What, if, what about the kids who don't believe in God and don't have a religion and don't understand God? Are you trying to bring them in and teach them? And then I realized I had to stop myself because I realized I'm talking to a missionary. She's a missionary. She, her, the point is they want to turn everybody to, to Christianity. So I'm arguing with the wrong person. Anyway, her friend pipes in at some point, like later <laughs> in the day. <laughs> it, we let it go. Later, she got off work and she was ready. Yeah, later in the day, this woman's like, mm. I see a lot of talking about religion. 
but nobody's talking about Jesus and Jesus is the only way, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm just going, ah, so I was like, look, not everybody believes in Jesus. You can't just start talking about Jesus in school. And then, so I commented back to her and then Rachel, Rachel, Raquel goes, Lisa, I think that's enough to me. There are five other people on this thread. Why are you singling me out? Right? Like a child. Lisa, I think that's enough. You should stop. I said, fine, I'll stop. But I want you to know I haven't said anything offensive or really inflammatory. I'm just stating facts about the Constitution because somebody was saying, oh, it's not in the Constitution. It very much is a part of the Constitution. And, uh, and the founding fathers did not want religion in these aspects of our lives. And nobody's trying to prevent you from being a Christian. Be a Christian all you want. If you really want prayer in school, send your kid to Christian school or Catholic school or whatever. Anyway, I said, fine, I'll stop. But I haven't said anything inflammatory or offensive. Uh, I'm just stating facts. And then she's like, it's just a difference in a, of opinion. And then I just unfriended her. And I had to. I think it was a Jewish kid that was going to a Catholic school. Yeah, I could see that. Because the Catholic school is probably cheaper. Yeah. But then I don't know if they knew it was Jewish, though, but they didn't care. They don't really, I think Catholic schools are more lenient. They don't yes. really care. My brother went to a Catholic school for sixth grade. Because if you're a good athlete, you could go to any school. <laughs> My brother went to Catholic school for sixth grade because he was hyper. He was really hyper. I mean, he, he needed, was. He needed a nun to whip him. He was literally bouncing off the walls. He was very, very, very hyper. He cracked his head open three times before he was 10 years old. You know, he's, he just was super hyper and he, um, he went to this Catholic school <laughs> and my mom had to get pulled into a meeting and I went with her because he was misbehaving and this nun, first of all, it's weird to me with a nun in full habit, you know, that's strange to You're me. Like, who is this penguin? I never saw a nun in my life. So here's one standing right here in this office. And then she says, I almost called him Isaac because he reminds me so much of Isaac. But David stood up. I remember the old joke I heard on Teaching Chong up in smoke. What? When they were arresting those nuns and they were frisking them because they thought they had weed, remember, and up in oh, smoke. Oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, hey, you know what kind of meat the father, a priest, you know, I fucked it up. You know what, what kind, kind of, of meat? meat the priest eats on Friday. You know what kind of meat a, pri a priest eats on Friday? None. None. <laughs> So this nun proceeds to tell my mom, and I'm sitting there with her. She says, she stands up and she says, David uh, was in class today, and he stood up and went. <laughs> and the nun did this, like, machine gun action <laughs> to the whole class. How do you do it? <laughs> and, like, she's pointing like a fake machine gun. And making that noise Man, right in front of me in her funny. in her nun habit. I would have died. <laughs> my mom. My I'm mom just thinking about the fucking king dying. of the hill show right now and that nun backing oh, yeah, him yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so she did that and it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. But you can't laugh because David was firing a fake machine gun at his classmate. And he's white. <laughs> this was mostly a white school. Yeah. But... um. But it was considered par. 
yeah, he was poor. He got a scholarship to go there. So, um, but, but man, the weirdest thing when David went to that Catholic school is one day he came home with a fucking cross on his head. That was trippy. I know that. I didn't know what that was. And my mom was like, what is on your head? We didn't know what Ash Wednesday was. We didn't know. And then he's like, I don't know. We just went in there and they just put the thing on our head. And everybody's walking around with these things on their head. So for David, it was like, cool, like, whatever. We all have these weird things on our head. But um, I don't think he was, they explained it all to him when it was happening. But it was scary to see that. And I still get creeped out. In New York, it's not as much here, but in New York, you walk down the street, probably three quarters of the people have a cross on their head. And it's kind of creepy. It's kind of, it feels like a cult. Finally, you know who's involved. (laughs) I always go, I always I always sell fake um, Ash Wednesday crosses. <laughs> I got bootleg ones. Bootleg I, stand, I, stand, I stand outside on uh, the side of the church with a bunch of ash that I've been saving over from all the blunts. <laughs> and I go, all right, man, anybody goes to church one, only, on, only on holidays, come over here. If you go to church on Easter, Mother's Day, Palm Sunday, Christmas. Are the ashes? The Midnight Mass, all that shit. That's me right there, man. Are the ashes... Supposed to be from the palms from Palm Sunday, or are they not related? I really don't know what that what all that stuff is for. I, I just know that they sent me over Dude, there, or they're gonna <laughs> slap me. <laughs> See, they just got you out of fear. I used to go to catechism on Saturday. It was the best time they ever, man. Really? Why? Because we used to always steal the stuff from the Catholic school kids. That we could, we used to steal all our stuff. All the all, stuff they left others, for the weekend? Okay, because oh Catholic school, their seats are so fancy that you could put all your books in there and all your stuff, like a little side stuff. You know, all your stuff, man. The Catholic your, church has money. Like your, the desk for the kids had a little table where you could write on okay it was big you could write on and on the side it also has stuff for your backpack or your books so man every sunday i was sitting in a different seat and ching ching man <laughs> sorry for, sorry you lost this cool ass pen that erases bro because <laughs> i'm gonna be the coolest guy now we had a mean ass fucking nun Sister Alice, she used to hit people. She never hit me. She just scared me that she was going to hit me. <laughs> but my friend Miguel, that fool was crying. Yeah. She thought I was going to get hit. She was me, man. How would school. she hit you? She never hit me. No, I mean, how would she hit the other kids? I don't know. But this is the guy hit. But like spanked? I don't remember or like hit. slap on the hand? I don't, hand I, do, or... I don't think I ever got hit. Maybe shoved? Stop it like that. Yeah. Well, they get in trouble though, man, because I went to where the... Uh, that was the day that I think I went to where the nuns live. And yeah, man, I started looking to see what they got to. <laughs> How did you get to go to the, where the nuns live? They live on top, man. Of well, why were you up there? I don't remember. I was a, very, I was a very investigator. Oh, you were there by yourself? No, I was like another sneaking, kid, man. Snooping? Urban exploring. <laughs> Spelunking in the Catholic Church. So what's another fight you got into, man? That was it. Those two fights. I mean, I get into many fights online. But it's not even fights. I'm not. I don't fight. I don't fight with people. I I present an argument based on facts. I'm rational. I'm logical. That's my motive. 
I'm not emotional. But these people, it's, it's all emotion with them and they can't see the rationale for something like, why can't you pray in school or why can't you have religion in school? They don't see the rationale there. I have no problem with somebody who's religious. Be religious if you want to be that. That's fine. Nobody's taking that from you. You know, but then, and then people ask, like, there's a war on Christmas, a war on Christianity. Everybody's it's, using x mess, but they don't know. People want to abbreviate it sometimes. Uh, x, x is a, an accepted abbreviation for a C-H-R-I. It is. It is. For a C-H-R-I-S-T. It is an abbreviation for Chris, Christ. It is. And what kills me is more than all that stuff, the, the people want to end the magic of Christmas, take away Christ from Christmas. I get pissed off when people don't want to celebrate Thanksgiving. First of all, Christmas never had Christ in it because it's a pagan holiday. And then say people will say, well, that's when we observe the birth of, of Jesus. Okay, fine. Not when he was born. What they call what? Huh? The pagan holiday? Well, Saturnalia that we talked Saturnalia. about. Saturnalia. is not the original. Well, it's not the original Christmas, but it was... It had a lot of elements of... I want a party to go... They should make a Saturnalia movie. Saturnalia, yeah. It'd be kind of like The Purge or something, probably, where everybody gets to just be... have debauchery for, like, a whole day. Yeah, and then your slaves get to be the... The, the, the masters, yeah. Turn the tables on you. Saturnalia is a strange holiday. But yeah, it's it's the whole th- the thing is a lot of these people are just spewing I celebrate any talking holiday points with memos. Gifts. A lot of these people are just spewing back talking points memos or something they saw on Fox News or wherever their favorite conservative news is. And I, I'm not denying there's Minor, liberal, liberal news media too. I'm a Bill O'Reilly guy. <laughs> you are not. I listen ten minutes of him on my phone. I can't listen to him because I hear that I hear his smirk and I want to punch him. I can hear when he's smiling. It's just, it's just, it's I listen one of to those. Bill O'Reilly, Rachel Maddow, these two people on MSNBC, they're having an affair. Oh, I yeah. Don't know their names. Morning Joe. Joe <laughs> Morning, and Mika. Fuck, it's true about Morning Joe and Mika. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't even know who, who, whose side they take. But Well, he's very conservative. She yeah. just, like, kisses his ass. And now she's leaving her husband. And everybody's saying it's because they've been having an affair, she and Joe, for years. Then Glenn Beck, but he's like, in, he's over there, like he's, he's, part, he's he's like um, crazy. And Alex Jones, I don't <laughs> oh, know. Oh, Alex to him. Jones isn't even. Come on, you I used can't to listen, I, li- I used to listen to the Young, young Turks, but it's hard to get that to that one. It's, I like the Young long. Turks. It's too long though. Yeah. And the woman is on it. She starts talking and starts rambling for a while. Then I want to stop. Then it starts up again, but I she's very cool too. She's cool. I think she's too young to be on that show, but maybe they want to. Do they have, have a stand-up a... comments in the show? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't listen to it as much as you do. Pete Holmes? No. Pete Holmes? Jim Dore. Jim Dore? I don't know. No, okay. Jimmy Dore? Jimmy, Jimmy Dore. Really? I don't know. I listen to that um stuff, but I don't. I don't. I don't really don't go to the. Post because the the people who are arguing on the internet about it is totally different from what the people are saying on the television, and they only pick one thing. Like, like if political, and I only know this because Rachel Maddow, political, say something like this. Political. 
politico yeah. and they run with it. They write talking points. Yeah. And Bill Riley started his show with his talking I know, points. I know. He ends the show with those are your talking points. And he gets his talking points from usually from conservative leaders who have it's basically their own spin on things and what they want to get spread out in the world that day. And then those topics become trending and people never question where the topics came from. Why, why is everybody talking about this one thing all of a sudden? And then you know, uh, all day for two days. It's sad when, um, when uh, the conservative person, um, can't really like they're, they're I don't think why well, it's sad. Because sometimes watching it, it's like, that lady is so wrong and she knows she's wrong. I can see her smile. Mm-hmm. And Bill Riley got busted too. Come on, Bill Riley, you know you're wrong. Admit it, you're wrong. And then he just changes something else. Yeah. Well, what was the recent thing that Bill O'Reilly had? Um, oh, where he was talking about the slaves. The speech. The slaves, yeah. Yeah, he was he was breaking down Michelle Obama's comment. That was another thing. People got so mad uh, that some people got so mad that Michelle Obama even mentioned that the White House is built by slaves. First of all, they, because they know they can't deny that there were slaves who built it. Bill O'Reilly has to throw in, well, there were other people too. Well, Bill, those people got to go home well, to their those families. Those people were not free, Masons. <laughs> those people got to go home to their families at the end of the workday. Uh, and a lot of those guys got paid, even if it was low, they got paid more than the slaves did. And he was like, well, those slaves were well-fed and housed. And They were, they were cattle. <sighs> they were cattle. A cow is well-fed and housed. But the quality of their feeding and housing, and they have no will to come and go as they please. And it, you can't compare. I mean, the thing is, I, I can't even entertain what he said because I know it's for shock value. And I know it's for people to start engaging and fighting online. It's for Mancow to pick it up. You talk about people think Obama's dividing the country. People like Bill O'Reilly are dividing the country. Saying stuff like that. Like, why do you have to comment? So, so, so Bill O'Reilly comments that, well, it was more than just slaves building the White House. That's not the point. The point is she brought it up to show how far they've come. And now she's uh, her great, great or great, great grandmother was a slave. So it is significant that there's a black family in the White House and she's watching her kids play on the lawn in a place that was built by slaves. That is a significant moment. It's a speech that's historical because the fact that they're in the White House is historical. That's progress. It's that's progress. And, and she's saying it because she's talking on a platform where a woman is running for the first time being nominated in 240 years. The first time a woman is nominated by a major party as their candidate. Now, there have been two women who've run. Shirley Chisholm was the one who got closest, but she didn't get the nomination. But she was a black woman. She ran in the 60s. Well, actually, no, 72 she ran. And she uh, she was really the first um, candidate. There was a woman who, I forget her name, Wells? A woman who ran. Geraldine Ferraro. No, a woman who ran years and years before that. 
But she wasn't old enough. According to the Constitution, she wasn't old enough to be a candidate. So she didn't even complete the primaries. Um, but, but Shirley Chisholm got pretty far. Um, but the thing is, it is important to bring it up. But there's so if you click on those articles and those Bill O'Reilly things, articles about his him saying that, then you just get a, a then a stupid lady who got fired. Remember the realtor lady? Oh, the bank woman giving out bank loans. Yeah. Well, she was a, a loan officer who tweeted. Why is everybody saying Michelle Obama's pretty? All I see is a black bitch. And it's, that's just insane that somebody would, first of all, that you're saying that. I saw her face. She was fat as hell, man. (laughs) Fat blonde lady. But second of all, you have a job where you can affect somebody's ability to get Get a a loan. And if you're thinking this way, then what's to prevent you from having that seep into your judgment when you're accepting or denying a loan? You know, that's that's the problem there. And then people are like, "Oh, she shouldn't be fired for her freedom of speech. Freedom of speech. You have freedom of speech. You don't have freedom from consequences." Yeah, man, you, you got a fire in a in a in a in a fire. I, mean, I always remember that one about freedom of speech when we were in elementary school. Freedom of speech means you can yell out anything you want, but there's going to be consequences. Yeah. That you can't yell. It doesn't give you the right to yell out fire in a crowded movie theater. And then people were saying, well, okay, so uh, Paula Dean says stuff about black people. She gets fired in a private conversation that's overheard by some black employees. She gets fired. Uh, who was another person who got fired for saying something like that? Let's say Don Imus, okay? Or Don let's, Imus. Or let's say let's say Jimmy the Greek, okay? Jimmy the Greek. Let's say Jimmy the Greek. He was one of the first, probably, to get I'll in try, trouble. Oh, like, that's for a that. guy coming up, trying to come up with. Yeah. So let's say Jimmy the Greek. I'll cut out that space. Um, Howard so, Cosell too. Oh yeah. He didn't get he fired said, though. No, I don't remember him saying. What did he say? He's down at the forty. He's getting away. He's at the. 30, the 20. He's running like a monkey and running in the jungle. Who said that? Howard Cosell. About who? About some black, Rob, about O.G. Simpson running back. No. No. Sounds made up. (laughs) He didn't say that. Find that. Uh, But Jimmy the Greek was the one who said that, you know, blacks were bred in slave days. You take your young buck and you breed him with uh, a big black lady. And 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 you come up with a stronger, bigger, better black slave, you know, who can work harder and longer and all that stuff. So he said that about sports and how that's why they were better athletes and all this stuff because they were bred in slavery that way, which is fucking ridiculous. He said that. So people people get mad at these people who lose their jobs for saying stuff like that. Leslie or use Jones their said endorsements. that she has to be on Ghostbusters. <laughs> Leslie Jones was making a good point. Yes, she was. Comes from the pain in her life, but uh, but <coughs> they say, "Well, how can these people say this and they get fired?" And then Kanye says stuff about Jews, and he doesn't get fired. Fired from what? The problem is those people work for somebody. Kanye didn't work for anybody. Yeah, he's himself. If you don't want to buy his music, fine. He's got a bunch of other people who buy his music and his bullshit. You know, Kanye's an idiot anyway but there's consequences okay there's consequences and john lennon not... said the beatles i think are bigger than god yeah and people were people who they were burned beatles burning albums. beetle albums mm-hmm. yeah 
and uh, they lost a lot of fans. But there are consequences. And these days, if you're affiliated with a company or you're endorsed by a company, say Tiger Woods, okay? Tiger Woods lost his endorsements for sticking his dick in a million girls, right? And Freedom of dicks. <laughs> he, it, it really wasn't that. They don't care who you put your dick into if you're Omega Watches, right? Yeah. But if you've got this scandal. Didn't they fire him because he was, when, they, when he was having sex with them? They saw he was spanking them with one of those um, tag here watches. <laughs> and I said, nah, man. <laughs> it's not an Omega. Was it Tag Heuer or was he's sponsored by Omega, right? I don't know, man. I think he was sponsored by Omega. Anyway, he uh, he lost his endorsements not because of what he did necessarily, and you don't have the freedom of of the freedom to be Affleck. a philanderer. Affleck, right? Gilbert Godfrey lost his job for that. <laughs> but it, it's, he's a comedian, okay? Yeah. And you guys say that a lot of people say, "Well, comedian get to stay soft." Yeah, we get to stay soft. We get to say stuff on stage yeah. when people paid to watch us say stuff. But when you're a comedian with, uh, like my, give an example when I was with Honda. With you were, when you were with Honda. For, Tell them how hard it was. Well, first of all, Whoopi Goldberg was another one. She had a Weight Watchers endorsement and Ooh. she said something about Bush. She didn't Weight Watchers <laughs> no more. And she said something about Bush and they yanked that endorsement too. They yanked her whole deal. And Oprah said, don't need beef. Yeah. She didn't have anybody sponsoring her. But the thing is, these people had sponsors. They had people who endorse them and give them money to be... You're basically... When you are sponsored by somebody, you're walking this line with them behind you watching your every move. Now, when you got your Honda campaign in 2014, yeah. they uh, they had a clause that you couldn't have anything that was scandalous... Um, nothing drug-related, crime, anything like that that would put them in a negative light as a company, you know? You couldn't come out with some racist tweet or retweet somebody who said something that seemed uh, inflammatory or offensive because Honda would be like, hell no, we don't know this guy. And Yank, and they would prorate your money that they were paying you for the campaign. They would have prorated it and you kept what you made already, but they weren't going to pay you future pay <clears throat> for the social media campaign and all that stuff. That would have ended. So you had to be their boy for a little while. And we had to keep all references to marijuana and all that stuff. Like It was funny because you got hit up for a couple things. I think maybe you did get hit up with for getting Doug with High during that. Yeah. Something like that. And we were like, you had to turn it down because... We couldn't have anything come out like that while you were under that contract. And that's what you agreed to. So if you're Paula Dean and you're working for somebody, you're selling pots and pans at Kmart or wherever she had her, you have an her image. line of stuff. You have an image that it's not just like you. don't even ever hear Mickey Mouse say anything about Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter. Mickey Mouse is just Mickey Mouse. Because they know once Mickey Mouse says something, nobody wants to go to Disneyland. Yeah. And, and you're a product when you're an entertainer. Remember that, people. But if you're just by yourself, like you are right now, you could say what you want. But, you know, in the future, if somebody comes up with something, like if in the future, if somebody comes to you with a campaign, they are going to look at stuff that you've put out in the past and they're going to go, I don't know, this guy's a little controversial or I don't know. You know, so you kind of always have to watch what you're saying. 
But when you're under contract, you definitely are not, you don't have freedom of speech. Sorry. Howard Cosell said, look at that monkey run. Wow, about who? Some black uh, running back that was running. Yeah. Really? Why yeah. would monkey come to your mind? I don't know, man. What the hell? Would you ever call somebody a monkey? No, you're my son. That's, I mean, I used to call Isaac monkey because he looked like a little monkey with ears sticking out when he was a little baby. He was my little monkey. But I would, a human being, an adult. Wow. Ah, God, that's crazy. I don't remember. That. I, it, I don't really watch sports. Anymore. When I saw the movie, it's a good movie, man. I don't know where, where you can find it, but it, John Torturo, he plays Howard Cosell. Oh, yeah, I never watched it. And it's that. A good. It tells you like the beginning of It's like pretty much. The only movie you're ever going to see about the history of um, Monday Night Football. They might oh, show yeah. you a 30 for 30, but this one is the real deal. And John Turturro should have got an Emmy for it because he plays Howard Cosell. Was it made for HBO or something like that? Yeah, and they show you how how hard, um, how when OJ came in and he pushed out Howard Cosell. Mm -hmm. Because Howard Cosell, one of those guys that was like ori original nerds. That yeah. was into sports. Oh yeah, and he was one of, the, one of the last guys that came in before they brought in the the, the jocks. Yeah, the sports commentators yes. who. I never played the game. I'm trying to find what he said. He's down. I'll just play it. Legacy. That's John Turturro. Yeah. That's a horrible impersonation. <laughs> That's from the movie? Yeah. Damn. Here's Jimmy the Greek. WRC-TV was asking questions about Martin Luther King's birthday and the progress blacks have made in society. There, CBS sports commentator Jimmy the Greek Snyder gave his impressions of blacks and coaching in the National Football League. His answers could raise as much controversy as the statements by former Dodgers executive Al Campanis last April on ABC's Nightline news program. Al Campanis, another guy who got fired from the Dodgers. For the Greeks, the Jews, and for everybody. I mean, let's make it equal for everybody. You know, and uh, is it equal? What about in sports? Well, they've got everything. If, if they take over coaching like everybody wants them to, there's not going to be anything left for the white people. I mean, all the players are black. I mean, the only thing that the whites control is the coaching jobs. Now, I'm not being derogatory about it, but that's all that's left for them. So black talent is beautiful. It's great. It's out there. It's, you know, the, the only thing left for the whites is a, a couple coaching jobs. Yeah, maybe we need to get more black coaches. Don't you right with me. I'm sure that they'll take over that pretty soon, too. That wasn't, that wasn't his comment, though. The black is the better athlete, and he's bred to be the better athlete because this goes back all the way to the Civil War, when during the slave trading, the big, the owner, the slave owner would, 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 would breed his big black to his big woman. So that he could have a, a, big, a, big, a big black kid. See? In Washington today, the local NBC television station interviewed people about the state of race relations. The problem, here's the thing about modern day racism that is kind of, a lot of it comes out on social media, but it's, it's racist undertones and it's people who hide their racism uh, and still walk about the earth. Um, 
making decisions that affect people's lives. I always have lives. respect for the clan. They always let me know who they are. <laughs> well, that's what a lot of people are saying lately. I've always like, had I respect wish... for them, man. I have respect for them because they show they wear those hoods. I know who they are. I see them. I stay away. But it's the ones who wear their hoods inside their clothes. Yeah, and and it's uh, the problem is I think that's the man that's keeping me down. I think Trump. And I'm sure you've got a few Trump supporters who are listening to this podcast. Oh, yeah. but Nothing against them because I, I, I want to do that little check, and it's divided between my friends. Yeah. I, have a, I have a 201 who are Hillary well, supporters. Well, never mind. You're I talking about people who follow them That doesn't matter because media. I follow both pages, too. Yeah, yeah. you're just seeing what both yeah. sides say. But I, say I, went to, I figured that out because I went to the same people, and then Rodrigo's following both. Yeah. I'm following both. Yeah. And some, I'm and not then, following either. <laughs> yeah. I was following Bernie Sanders, too, but then his, his, he blocked me. He blocked you? No, I'm just kidding. You're crazy. No, um, I think the problem, I think the biggest problem with these people who hide their racist feelings or they don't realize they're racist, I think that's what's more. I think that's the more common thing. People don't who, who don't realize they have these feelings, they don't want to talk about race. They don't think that people should be talking about Race with the cops, race in movies, race with the Oscars, race with whatever. They think there's too much discussion of race. Well, that's because it doesn't affect you. It's usually white people who are talking about it. Why do we have to? Because there were comments about Michelle's speech. Why did she even have to bring in the fact that the White House was built by slaves? Like some people didn't understand the significance of what she was saying. Why do they have to say anything in a speech? It's because it's a speech. It's a historical speech. It's her last speech she's going to give as first lady, most likely, unless something happens before January. But the thing is, uh, a lot of these people who who don't want to talk about race, they act like there's no racism, yet they do have these feelings like, oh, I wish this wouldn't happen, or or why do they keep saying Michelle's pretty? And I, I don't understand these people who, who talk like this online. But I think the biggest issue is these people are afraid of becoming the minority. I think that's what's going on. I think that's what they're afraid of ultimately because hatred comes from fear, always. And fear of the unknown. And I think a lot of these people are afraid of what's going to happen once the tide turns and there are more people who of color than white people in this country. I know, man. I went to New York City, man, with my, when I was just in New York City, just to add something to this. And, man, I saw a lot of different types of people from all over the world. Especially mixing. In, mixing and but, walking and working. Walking and, together. Yeah. And then I went to this park, and there was a Muslim lady with her little Muslim babies, and they were playing in the same jungle gym as uh, another Jewish lady and another lady who's not religious. And they were just there doing their thing, and they're all watching their kids doing whatever, not stopping them from doing what they want. And I said, "Where's where, where's all the where's all the fear coming from, man?" And then I saw two middle two East Indian control um traffic controllers. I love New York, but I wouldn't live there, man. It's hard to live there. It's fucking hot and it's fucking cold, man. Like LA, I love New York, but LA's the place, baby. I like certain things about New York, but I don't know. I'm not ready to go back. That little trip we took, I wish it hadn't been cold, but oh. um, it was so cold. I couldn't wear pants. What? I couldn't wear pants all week, 
to walk around. Oh, this week, you mean? Yeah, it was so hot. Because oh, it's so hot. It's humid. It was 200 degrees between my legs. <laughs> I lost 10 pounds in this trip. Yeah. You sweated it out, you walked it out, and you starved it out. Yeah, I want some cereal right now, but I started late. Yeah, we should go to bed. Good night. Uh, let's talk about where you're going to be in the next couple of weeks. You're going to be in this Throw week. this in the beginning. <laughs> okay. You're going to be in um, West, Palm, West Beach. Palm Beach this Thursday weekend. Thursday through Sunday. Mm-hmm. August 4th through 7th at the Improv. And then the 12th and 13th of August. 12th, you'll be in Tucson, Arizona at TCC Music Hall for one night only. And then the 13th, Saturday, you're in Pueblo, Colorado uh, at Memorial Hall. And um, you can find all these ticket links on com slash tour. And the 19th and 20th of August, you're in Joe, at Joe's Bar on Weed Street in Chicago for four shows. And that is, um, those are almost sold out. So people should hurry and get tickets. You can go to MikeyOComedy.com and find those tickets. Or you can go to FelipeSworld.com slash tour. And then at the end of the month, you've got San Jose Improv, 26th through the 28th. And you will be filming your special on the 27th. Yeah, man. Saturday. Both shows will be taped. And then you're back in California. Yay. And you will be um, at the Brea Improv, September 1st through the 4th. So get tickets. And check them out. And um, we'll leave you with a little bit of Selena. How do we go from the Jets to Trump? I have no idea. And Bernie and Clinton. I don't know. All right, people. All right. Enjoy. And we'll see you next week, hopefully. I think we probably will because I'm not going to New York. Anyway, so. Florida. I love doing this podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We also, got a review that said that you seem like you're forced to do this podcast. Who said that? Somebody who didn't like the show. There, we had all these good reviews, like 40-some good reviews. And, and then one a, that said they didn't like it. You know husband that, life. Yeah, well, he said he <laughs> was not married, so that he didn't think many single people would want to listen to it. And that uh, you seem like you're being forced to do a podcast with your wife. <laughs> like I, I pulled your arm to do That's it. That's funny, but oh well. <laughs> She forced me. I forced her. I came home. Actually, when we started the podcast, I came home or I called Lisa. And I know that some people from the other podcast. They're they're, always asking to give me a mic. Give her a mic. So we gave her a mic. People listen. We got a lot of new listeners who, I don't know, they listen to all the podcasts. But they listen to this one. And here's a little Selena. And you guys decide if if it's a... No, is this the Jets playing? No, Atlanta now. Are you sure? I'm dreaming